0: What was the I'm, podcast name again? Th- this is <laughs> Yeah, you have to say this is Mutiny.
1: I'm Matt Ward and this is Mutiny. Okay, can you say it less sexy? <laughs> I'm Matt Ward. <laughs> no, that's too sexy, Matt Ward. This is Bounty. I'm Matt Ward and this is Bounty.
2: It's Mutiny.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, I'm so Matt Ward and this is Mutiny on the Bounty. <laughs> I'm Matt Ward, and there's a lamp! Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll actually get... pick in most podcasts start with an insane, complex conversation. <laughs> you don't know who's talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then finally someone says something that's remotely kind of funny, and they're like, intro music goes here! <laughs> <laughs>
3: hillbilly haunted house. Did I tell you about a time that a bird died at my feet? Every I'm single sorry.
2: day. You <laughs> don't shut that. up about right. that bird. Just save like that. <laughs> That's going to be the first thing we ask you. Save that. Right. We're going to do the intro and then we're going to kick it off the Terry. Yeah. so you can tell all all right. by time a bird, he killed a bird with his mind. Right.
0: Let's <laughs> uh, <laughs> do uh, Matt Ward, you're yeah. not here. Perfect. He's
2: Perfect. In <laughs> He's in character. He's in character. Save uh, silence. Yeah. Hi, right, welcome to the Mutiny Podcast. Uh, my name is Will Newton. And I'm Ryan Mawson. <laughs> yes, and uh, my first question uh, is, uh, where the fuck were you earlier? I had work. I want to know. I was you eating were, pasta. You were eating pasta at work? Yeah. That's some bullshit, you know, because I, I wanted you to be here on a certain time. Right. And you weren't here, so I just want to know, like, what what, what happened. What I said
0: there? 10.30, and I got here at 10.35. Okay.
2: What everybody else just heard is that you were late.
0: Yeah, that's entertaining podcast. Right? How's
2: your tummy? How's your tummy? It's, it's terrible. It you have
0: glitter on your eye. Is <laughs> it, is it weird if I get it? On your eye? Go uh, I'm touching his face. Thanks.
2: Uh, but we're going to go kick it over to our fact checker of the day, uh, Terius, who is an, as you know, all of our fact checkers are struggling with a certain thing. And Terius just found out that he is a telepath because he just killed a bird that was at his feet.
3: It, it died on its own. I was just there. But I was, I was curious about the location that it decided to die, which was at my feet. No, no, no. What, what made it weird was that. did you try to say? No, what made it weird is that my roommate at the time said that I fit the profile of the Antichrist. And then the bird died, which made it weird. Was this, that. But this, this is like the pre evil Antichrist before he knew he was the Antichrist you just a logical person. Where's that story? Where's it's, like it's a, in
2: a I wanna know the story
3: between birth and age thirty three of the antichrist? She, she was reading The Secret History of the World and she said I fit the profile based on my logic.
2: Where is the secret where is the secret history of the world hidden? Why, no, it's, why it's,
3: it's a book called The Secret History of the World? She and, read, and she's like, You're you're you are you kind of fit the profile. That's
2: so our,
0: our our fact checker isn't struggling with being a telepath, he's struggling with being the antichrist. If
3: like you find out you are the antichrist, what do you do? Like setups, you can have to follow suit because you are playing it out for you before you even begin. You know, it's, well, kind of, it's just a weird predicament to be in when you think yeah. about it. It's like, oh, shit I'm the antichrist. I well, do okay, but okay. well,
2: this is the more important <laughs> do you believe in the antichrist at all?
3: No, I'm not religious, and that's that was the tricky part because she said that in, the, in this secret history world that he doesn't believe.
2: Who, who does you believe? The Antichrist. Oh, okay. okay. Like, he's
3: completely logical. He's not religious at all. And that's what thrills your fucking mind, because you don't know. Yeah, the greatest <laughs> trick the devil ever right. played on you is that he doesn't exist.
0: Played on himself? Right. Yeah. <laughs> all never called me back. I don't know why, but for some reason, it's a, it's I just...
1: I think of a business idea. We should make an atheist pizza place, and the non-crust pizza is the Antichrist. <laughs>
3: the Antichrist. Absolutely. Our, that's,
2: our that's guest tonight... That's as good an introduction as any. Uh... <laughs> It's Matt Ward from the uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville. 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 East Tennessee, Smoky
1: Mountains, Gatlinburg's nearby. Bears, we have eleven hundred of them. That's a depressing number they put on the billboard. Beautiful.
2: Do they put eleven thousand? Do they like check them off as like the like the population? I feel, well, they, they, they have, really have like the
1: highway counter when people die, so yeah. it, it goes up. You see that yeah, on yeah, like yeah. the roads. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah. So I feel like that sign's inaccurate at this point because it's been up for a year and there's probably only like. I've, 1097 now.
2: So you want them to have like some sort of like scoreboard system? They have a guy sitting out there like the green, uh, the green monster, and he's constantly checking off. No, it has to be
1: digital, uh, and then like every time the number goes down, the bear on the picture frowns a little more. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah.
2: Until so you have like,
1: a. <laughs> they have, they have uh, on billboards in Knoxville. They have. The waiting time for the hospitals because we have so many hospitals. We have to have that. Do have here that? Too. Yeah, like, yeah.
2: Who's who's like? We have two hospitals.
1: How could you town. use that? I don't right. even know how you could use that information. Oh, we're not
0: going here. There's a 35 minute wait. But
1: every time I've ever <laughs> been to a place, an emergency room, there's not been an option. It's the why you have you don't just no like yeah. Is it comforting to know that as your leg starts to like you know just fall like you're... Your femur is exposed to the air (laughs) that you only have six minutes after the paperwork. They came in
2: just before we did that. We'll get seated soon. There are
1: people like driving from one to the other. That's what I think. Like, I figure there needs to be an app where you're just
2: like gas buddy. You just look at your phone and you're like, (laughs) oh man. They have that. They have that. Do they have have a a billboard here that says download our app to see what the waiting time is? oh Jesus Christ <laughs> because That's, there's two there are two main hospitals in Tallahassee and they're constantly competing with each other to, to get the most amount of I think we just
1: explained uh, the problem with all healthcare did we? Did we that, yeah because they have a two million dollar budget for making dumb fucking horseshit <laughs> yeah. like that yeah like, absolutely People are always going to get fucked up, and they're going to go to the closest hospital. Why do you need to compete with each other? Well, if you
0: spend $100, you can get an Express Pass, and that's you just go right through above everybody. It's that's another true. line. It's
2: like a Disney yeah. Pass. You get like Very a like membership
1: at the gift shop, yeah.
2: <laughs> which Look entitles you to sprites
1: that aren't expired.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm
0: Odin right now. I have a Gold Pass, so... Mm just sorry true. Sorry to so birth is, right what right now. What
1: is this podcast about? <laughs> right now. Is it about wolves and bears? Yeah. Wolves, bears. Is it about the, the Antichrist? Uh no. Nah. Okay, <laughs> can I ask can I ask what your podcast is about? Mine is well, we just converted to a sketch comedy podcast. So we're doing uh, kind of like the old Adam Sandler stuff where he was doing like a yeah. yeah. CD. So we're doing that. Yeah. Is it more um,
2: improv or do you guys write it up? It,
1: we combined that. Our first session we did for sketches we had concepts and then we just made it up. Yeah. The second time we wrote scripts and the scripts seemed to go better but it's, it's just the struggle of trying to make a script sound natural. Yeah. So... We'll probably kind of go between the two next time, but it's real short. It's only fifteen minutes. That's on that nice. sushi dish.
2: That, that's a good. I mean, I think that's a good. I, we're trying. Yeah. to... Like we've had like forty-five minutes or so, and mm-hmm. then I feel we're stretching people's patience too much. Too much. Too much. It might be too much. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we had forty-five
1: minutes at one time, but I don't I don't think there was enough. Between the two of us, there was funny stuff, but there wasn't enough funny stuff to keep people engaged for that long. Yeah. I That's why it. we got
0: this guy.
3: Because
1: mm-hmm. we can't
0: carry out. this alone. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever we just peter out, we're like, ah. I'm like, yeah. the <laughs> <animal> <laughs> what's that
2: anti anti-crazy <laughs> stuff about? Do you, think so many, do you think there's so many podcasts? Well, yeah, I'm better. I, I feel like everybody has a podcast. It's kind of like that. musicians. I think
1: there's a event. podcast called Everybody Has a Podcast. <laughs> is, is it if there isn't, yeah, we really does right now. That's Jumping the Shark. That is a podcast.
2: Jumping the Shark right there. They're fun. I mean, they're fun and easy to do, and you know, since everybody has you know this in a computer now, it's 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 pretty easy for anybody to do it. You know? Yeah, most people are. Finally, I think there's a larger a amount of time, people
1: listen you know? to them on their mobile devices, yeah. like phones yeah. and stuff. That's what I do on the road. Is I'll just put my uh, plug my phone into my my uh, antiquated stereo system and uh-huh. then listen to podcasts or listen to Pandora or something like that. That's the way people consume anymore on the go. Yeah, <laughs> I listen at the gym.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I'm on the cycle, when I'm, you go when I'm, on, I'm on the, on the play cycle, he goes to the gym. <laughs> Look at that! Oh, yeah, showing yeah. off again, showing off that pasta it's, belly, right? It's the... <laughs> Got a <to> carb up? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you are like pretty much like right smack dab in the middle of your your tour. Is this would, How uh, is this the first tour you've been on? Or have you been on this
1: is tours? the fourth, tour. The fourth tour. The, the most dates I've done on a tour was the original Crackers of Comedy tour. Well, the second, I guess, run of the Crackers of Comedy tour. Yeah. I have to always have some fucking cutesy nickname.
2: <laughs> you I can't guess. just go out there and it's like, hey, it's some guy being funny. Hey, everybody.
1: Here's Matt Ward, the comedian. There's like M Ward and there's Matthew Ward. There's plenty of Matt Ward. So yeah, nobody yeah. knows who the fuck I am. So... <laughs> Uh yeah, we the original Crackers of Comedy Tour was seventeen shows in twenty days, and this one is fifteen shows in sixteen days. Yeah. The only difference is those tours, the first ones, the first three I did were with other comics, and this one's just by myself. Wow. Uh, my supporting cast is comics in the different towns, which I think is amazing. Yeah, because good, there's good. so much talent all over the southeast. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really get all over of the country, tracks. really, but. Yeah. Um, People from LA and New York are starting to realize that the South isn't just this <laughs> red, rebel flag defending place. It's, there's a lot of little pockets of arts and yeah. I mean, largely culture. it is that.
2: Ninety percent of it is, you know, a big rebel flag with people hooting and hollering in Well, in
1: terms of landmass, but if you look at like the concentrations <laughs> of actual people, like yeah, in yeah. the cities, that's where the little art bastions of art and culture seem to be. Yeah. Everybody in, you know, Knoxville's probably the only real big city within 100 miles of it. Mm-hmm. And then Asheville's to the east, and then Nashville's to the west. Yeah. And they're all little islands.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you pretty much started, like, the, not the Knoxville comedy scene, from what I understand. Like, you kind of had it when it was in its birthing stages. and Yeah, really, I kind of guided it. Yeah. Helped out. Yeah. Was it hard to get people to, like, you know, care about stand-up? Where it oh, it still before? is. It's yeah. I
1: think it's an ongoing struggle. Yeah. Because over the years, people started... Um, doing other things with their disposable income than going to see live comedy. There was the boom of course and when that crashed it crashed because of you know, people not adapting with the times in terms of their business practices mm. Clubs not changing things up at all and then also all these other alternatives for entertainment came out. You know people started you know they had 3D movies and stuff coming back and, mm. and it was awesome, just man. just constant I mean there's a lot of competition for live comedy
2: it's so a lot of competition for people's attention in general. I yeah, absolutely.
1: That. And it's the attention is shorter and shorter.
2: <laughs> as as evidenced by my co host. What? That's <laughs> <to do. Boosh. laughs> <laughs>
1: Perhaps, but I just like that. It's commercial from
2: It's the best it's yeah. the best beer commercial, I think. Yeah, you know, so where, where are you headed after this? I mean you stopped in what Mobile last night.
1: Yeah, it was uh Columbus on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, the 26th the 27th I was in Lancaster Ohio where I grew up and then it was off course Thanksgiving and then 29th in Huntsville Mm -hmm. at Epic Comedy Hour and then Saturday in Alchemy Tavern in uh, Mobile rather and then New Orleans at Hi-Ho Lounge on Sunday and then here and then tomorrow I go to Gainesville and which one is the best and which one is the worst? Oh, the, the best so far by far was Huntsville. That place, yeah. you guys have to go. It's a comedy utopia. Really? They have a BYOB show called the Epic Comedy Hour. So it's, this, it's in this gigantic warehouse that's like, it's like if Etsy exploded in real life. It's like <laughs> all these little craft booths all yeah. throughout the entire thing. And then the back of it, they built like a 350-seat theater. Jesus. And that's where they have the comedy show. And their average draw is like 200 to 250 people that come what? to see this show. Is it it's a Jesus. monthly show? Yeah, it's a monthly. Okay, yeah. So they, and it, they've and they had 350 in the place. Uh, but it I was like 230 that was there on Friday night. And they were just super warm. And really? Yeah, there wasn't... They, I've not seen that room not hot during a comics act I've seen a comic even be like I'm struggling a little bit and they're still encouraging and laughing and you know not being shitty that's great yeah so I mean it's hard to compete with something like that I can't even compete with something like that on the no. shows I put in in my hometown I don't think, I don't
2: think most people yeah, it seems seems like, like lightning in a bottle you but know, you know
1: like it's that. just being in the right place at the right time in a place that needed it yeah Huntsville has a lot of academics because of NASA and stuff so yeah they needed art. They needed culture. Yeah, and that show's really working.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean, we're struggling a lot with that here because there's a lot of people trying to build the comedy scene in Tallahassee, and you know we have FSU right next door, and it's very heavily centered on frat culture, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, going out to EDM shows and stuff like that. So people don't really care about you know, live performance art or anything that's not you know, yeah.
1: Like some people, stand up is not made for, and that's fine. It's just trying to figure out how to get to the people that are into it yeah, yeah, yeah it's like you gotta you gotta kind of go to the top of the opposite end like the Patton Oswalt's and the those would be the people that would see those shows how do you reach them yeah so
2: going out and doing like what they did in the comedians of Comedy Tour doing like the small alt rooms yeah, the, yeah. for
1: for places like here it's just consistency mm-hmm. and then just time yeah producing a good show over and over and over again yeah. like if you had if you're able to convince the guys here at the warehouse to do like a Tuesday once a month that was like the what they're doing in Huntsville, mm-hmm. you know, and you could get, you know, people out to pay five or seven bucks and just keep bringing people in and having everybody do like seven to ten minute sets, mm-hmm. but you consistently did it over and over and over again. Yeah. We, we had
2: something like that. We, had, we the the comic Monkey show, We had a I guess, was it a weekly show? that we had? I think it was like a it was like a weekly show. I think where uh, I think it was every Monday night, and we were all you know pretty new at that point. This was probably like a year ago. And so we were, we were very like hungry for stage time and want to create our own little space for stage time where we could get on every single week. And we had sometimes like six or seven people out there, you know, packing the house. And then just, I think the same people going up on stage every, like over and over and over again, telling the same five, seven yeah, minutes, yeah, that drove everybody right I the think fuck that's out. why
1: Huntsville has stayed fresh is because they bring in three or four people from other cities. Yeah. So what they're their structure is essentially, is like they take money off the top for the venue and then they just split everything evenly. Yeah. So there's not like one guy gets more than another guy gets more than another guy, it's just everybody gets the same. Mm-hmm. But when you've got, you know, when you've got a couple hundred people showing up, that's decent. I mean, yeah. it makes you get more than gas money to get to the next town. So it was super awesome to do something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it would, uh, the thing that's the hardest about standup is that unlike being in a band, I think somebody, we were talking about this earlier, um, being in a band, you can actually play the same songs again and play them the same yeah and if you play it well, people will, will love it yeah and they'll keep coming back and be they'll be happy when you introduce a new song but they still want to hear those old songs and you can't do that with comedy. No. You can even cover like, another person's song and then get yeah absolutely you, you <laughs> can do you could do like fucking the Grateful Dead and Fish 50% of the songs that they perform are other people's songs yeah. You know they have a huge wealth of their own music, but yeah. you can't do that in comedy. T-
2: I actually saw Jim Gaffigan came here for like our big FSU Pow thing, and he did an hour, and it was all just old stuff that he had done. And I was sitting next to my buddy, and my buddy loved it. He was like, "Oh, that was like seeing like Jim Gaffigan's greatest hits," you know. And I was walking out of it, like that was terrible. Like, he did the Hot Pocket thing, which I've seen you know a million goddamn times. It was it was the same thing yeah. well, he was
1: doing. And it wasn't- comedy is so weird now because everybody has so much access to people in their jokes like they can download a BitTorrent with
2: anything they've ever done
1: and then when you go to see them live people will be like yelling out punchlines and shit
2: (laughs) that might be why the whole like an hour a year thing is becoming so popular it's not just Louis C.K. doing
1: it no no it's like and and Louis C.K. did it after like Several other comedians were already doing it for some yeah. time. Well, like,
2: Carlin did it for a while. Well,
1: Carlin that's never funny. did an hour a year. No? No. I thought, no. He, I thought he had like a HBO. He might have done it. like four years in a row, but he oh, didn't okay. do consistently. Yeah. He's got a lot of albums, but he didn't do an hour a year. The only one that I can trace back that's done more than Louis C.K. is Stanhope. Okay. And Stanhope started in 95. I think he released his first album in like 99. And from then on, he missed two years from 99 till now. Wow. So, yeah. Where he didn't he didn't do he'll
2: perform anywhere, from what I've heard. Like he seems to be that one of those guys. Who just want he wants a room, he wants people in front of him, and then yeah. just do it.
1: I was very lucky to get to produce a Stanhope show, like my second big show that I produced, and it was the one where he recorded uh, from across the street. Mm-hmm. So it was like a Tuesday night at a theater in Wilmington, and uh, he put 230 people in the fucking place. Damn, it was it was packed.
2: What was he like? He's great. Yeah,
1: super polite. You know, just not demanding in any way. I've always been curious. Is he really a big drinker? Not as much anymore. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. he was like even two years ago. uh, We did. I did. I opened for him in Chattanooga. I think it was two years ago now, and he had uh, a bottle of Jägermeister, and he drank half the bottle on stage, (laughs) and then gave it. The rest of it away to the crowd and then very intoxicated went and did an NPR interview in the back room <laughs> Jesus. so they they did a whole and he was it's what is a, so amazing to watch with Stanhope is he can consume well, he could at that time when he was drinking more heavily he, he can consume enough alcohol to make the rest of us incoherent and not really very easy to communicate with yeah and he's just articulate. He's a little bit more passionate and fired up, but he still gets his point across exactly like he wants to. It's crazy. It's fascinating to listen to. <laughs> it's
2: almost like he's not on autopilot, but he just knows it so well. It's like he's, you know... He's just... It.
1: That's usually how he was on stage, just just mm-hmm. drinking like that. But the last time he came through, he was just like, "Just core's Light. Like, I'm good. No, yeah, <laughs> you I'm
2: done with that. Well, you seem like a guy that... Like, I, I watch on stage and you and and this is this is a compliment it's not going to sound like it, this is a compliment but you make you make dumb things sound smart and you make smart things dumb
1: i think that's yeah that's my biggest enjoyment of doing comedy yeah it's just making yeah making stuff that typically would be really dumb <laughs> well, crafty, weird, like but so that you know some people that watch comedy aren't you know necessarily the smartest people in the world but i don't want to do a bunch of fart jokes all day long yeah no. oh no. But Where'd I do get, want them to also cool. have a good time, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, Well, where did that come from? Like, what, what, is your, what is your background that got you, like, where you are right here?
1: I, uh, well, my very first time I ever did any kind of stand-up, I was emceeing at a music festival. So I was the marketing person, promoter for this music festival. And and how old were you? T- 30. So oh, I started late. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was 29 or 30 when I first tried to do comedy of yeah. any type but the bands wouldn't always be ready to start when they said they'd be ready to start so I'd have to kill time because I was already on stage and I was just going to walk off the stage and then walk right back on the stage so I would just you know, read the rules and then come up with little funny things to say in between you know, when it got later in the night fuck with people that were high in their tents you know, just all <laughs> kinds of just random shit yeah. and then eventually I was like yeah, well, I've been prodded to do this long enough I might as well try to do stand up so I had a party and like self-indulgent party just mm-hmm. because I made a lot of money at the time in mm-hmm. sales. So I had this party, I rented this room and got my friends to come play music and did like my first 15 minutes of stand up and it was I was it I'm going to listen. I still carry all the note cards. Uh-huh. In uh, a bag with me all the time. Yeah. I don't ever like. I don't ever go back and read them. I just. I want that there. It's like, like a totem. Yeah, I don't have, always have to have it, but it's cool to look back at those notes and go, "Yeah, that's really stupid. <laughs> <And> that's really <laughs> stupid." But yeah, there's actually some funny stuff in there. Yeah. Like at least you're on the right track. I used to do a fucking um, like I did the Larry the Cable Guy. I used to do a fucking Jeff Foxworthy impression joke. Right where I just like this is what no, this can is you what, do it yeah, yeah okay.
0: God, it's <laughs> so make it happen just, <laughs> just give us a little taste. basically hard. it
1: was like I I felt like I grew up really in the country and Jeff Fox where the candy coats what the country is really like and where rednecks are really like and I was like if you ever had sex with your sister and not worn a condom <laughs> you might be a fucked up motherfucker And that was like the whole fucking day. that was, was a, like yeah it was a series of you know basically um his jokes but more real and and (laughs) and offensive yeah it's like the movie but when I started it was like all you know same shit that I think everybody starts with it's like masturbation porn (laughs) uh, you know all the filthiest you know the the filthiest Mm -hmm. things that I think are funny yeah which in reality (laughs) which in reality when you first start doing comedy you don't really not as much of a fan of it as you become I think as a comic so there's you don't realize you're literally trampling on the most common territory that any comic has done yeah. in a subject matter There's a great who here likes it? porn <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Nobody <laughs> likes porn. Nobody's on Facebook. Okay. Who is on Facebook? Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, everybody. What God, Matt Warren would hate everything that I've Twitter. ever done on stage. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've just shit no, I mean, on everything I've ever done. But there's there, there there's a great Who's Twitter feed. To <laughs> That'd be a good one. What's if the Twitter feed? There's a, it's called Open Mic Comic. It's oh, nice. open mic comic, and it's just a... It, it, you go back and I, I read it now. And it's 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 a thing. I wouldn't do it much like two years, but it's, it's a thing that'll you'll you'll sit there reading. And you're like, oh yeah, people use I used to do that. high, And you get to one that you still do. And it's oh, all of this course. Little, oh, and then, just, that's, that's what's
1: the beautiful thing about it is mm-hmm. like some of the like most common like as someone who's you know, seen a lot more comedy than I had you know six years ago, like hundreds and hundreds of comedians. Mm-hmm. I I get. I'm, like, too snobby about it internally. <laughs> so I get really, like... I know when I listen to a New York comic that's been doing it for less than two years, they like, Okay, my name is this, and which means I'm this ethnicity mixed with this ethnicity, which means this punchline. It's like, <laughs> I'm just too snobby. About <laughs> it. You sounded like funny. Nick Swartz in there yeah. for a second. Uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, but... It's. I mean, and I know fantastic comedians that still do stuff that falls in that line of me being really oh, yeah. overly concerned. Like I can't stand it. I'm. I can't stand it with stupid shit. Like I can't stand <laughs> it when people say true story. Like everything else we set oh, up until yeah. now is horse shit, <laughs> I mean, but this one's a real story. Like that thing I just said about you know my wife having a having a child. None of that's accurate. But
2: this thing about Ninja Turtles This thing about this story. what this
1: homeless man said to me <laughs> is true. <laughs>
2: So I was walking out of Walgreens.
1: True story. I killed a dude. That should be my whole joke. That should be. <laughs> True story. I killed a guy.
0: Let's move on. And uh, keep drinking. For our fact checker, is everything he just said accurate? <laughs> I didn't um, I didn't see you perform, and uh, I'm really upset about that, but... Um,
2: Pasta-eating motherfuckers.
0: Pasta, <laughs> pasta took priority, is what I'm saying. What would you describe your, your comedy as? I mean, for...
1: Uh For I don't some think it's
0: uh, asshole like me. Oh well.
1: Yeah. It's, I'd say it's about 25 to 30% improv including the tags that surround most of my jokes. And the more comfortable I am, the more that happens. Tonight I was like ultra comfortable. Plus I knew I was going to be performing with an improv group. So I knew that there's <laughs> yes, Andy. Well, there's a yeah. chance that people in the crowd were going to be their fans and mm-hmm. improv fans aren't really fans of set up punchline set up punchline they, right. they like more stuff that sounds to them like it's being thought of right on right on the spot so I enjoy doing that a lot anyway I think there's a couple comics that have influenced me greatly when it comes to improv like Rory Scoville I just like to let loose sometimes mm-hmm. and just kind of it's almost like stretching your legs on stage You don't get, you don't try to do it to the point where you kind of beat something to death and you lose the crowd, but then I try to remember as I go. The improv gives me the opportunity to remember my jokes. That is literally the main reason I do it. It's almost like saying, instead "Um, of being like sitting there and just in dead silence, (laughs) I'm just letting my brain kick out whatever crazy fucking maybe funny shit that it can. And then when something lands close to one of the subject matters of a joke, then I'll transition into that joke I just have a real hard time memorizing my jokes that's mm-hmm. not even that's just honest I've, <laughs> I've tried my whole life to memorize stuff and never been able to do it very well so um, I gave up the list for this tour like I, I usually have just like a highlighted notes of what I wanted to do mm-hmm. but I perform better when I don't have it even if I don't remember to do because the because it, it takes you out of it and
2: it'll, it'll break up into your momentum here.
1: yeah and the first show on this uh, run I only had like 10 minutes but I wanted to do specific jokes so I had a list and that list and it just made it awful like I didn't have a bad set Mm -hmm. I'd had a less good set than I could have if I didn't even bother if I just would have got up there and just done it yeah but I think after a while you it's so much better to me when you just accidentally end up in a joke that you haven't done in a while but you like yeah because it seems so natural that you got there, just from talking about whatever. Yeah, it seems the
2: always can tell when you're doing something that's kind of off the cuff, or it's, or you've told it, you've never said it before in your life. There's that. There's and the same thing with improv. You feel like there's like a danger to it almost. There's a, uh, it's a man walking a tightrope.
1: That's yeah, but should. there's yeah, you definitely form that connection with them. Yeah, because they know they're not gonna just. Pick up your CD and yeah. hear exactly what just happened. Yeah.
2: And speaking of improv, guys, I was actually like, very, I, I, for whatever reason, and I think it might be the, the normal kind of you know like drama kid attitude of improv groups. Like I, I judge, I judge improv groups too harshly, but they were fucking great out there. Yeah. Like that was like one of the best improv shows I've ever seen. And the
0: improv group is,
1: what's the name? No, no well, yeah, I'm waiting. No, no,
0: bears.
2: no bears allowed. Right? <laughs> no <laughs> bears allowed. Yeah.
1: No bears allowed
2: know that it sounds like there is
1: like a strange um, in in comedy like stand-ups and improv it's like oil and water for the most part yeah. like we don't normally combine but I think it needs to happen more often you know there's a lot of um, the South isn't really known for improv so when you don't have that training base of either the Chicago's or the New York's like teaching the long form short form and the different types of improv it kind of just figure it out on their own or they have somebody that kind of learns it and then tries to teach the other group yeah so improv in the south can be a little hit or miss yeah and it's good to see have you taken improv classes i have never taken it myself but i've seen all kinds of improv in the south and then you see it like in new york or la or come from new york or la like Upside citizens brigade or something like that yeah and it's it's just a different world yeah I don't think I could do improv myself. I think I could pull it off, but I would just feel like, you know, there's people that work so hard at this, I wouldn't want to just be stomping all over <laughs> hey! because it is a completely different thing. It it's, is,
2: you know, and you have to share the spotlight, which is maybe not something that, you know, as a stand-up you're used to, necessarily.
1: I think it would be beneficial for all comics that were stand-ups to delve into improv a little bit. Like, yeah that's why I've tried to expand it in my act as much as I could mm-hmm.
2: do you usually do some shows that have stand up and improv up in Knoxville or do you keep them
1: we've had bits? a few Yeah, we, we're starting to consider doing more but we're starting to also uh, what we've had happen in Knoxville is our stand ups are starting to write sketch bits mm-hmm. that they're performing live at our shows mm-hmm. so we did on our Halloween show uh, where we you know all dressed as I was Mitch Hedberg but uh the guys that hosted it were David Tell and Doug Stanhope and they did a Monty Python sketch as David Tell and Doug Stanhope (laughs) and switched the subject to a hooker. So I think it was a dead Dead hooker sketch? Dead hooker instead of dead parrot or whatever and it was brilliant. That was great. You can't return this dead hooker. Yeah, you can't return this (laughs) dead hooker. It was really good.
2: It's clearly dead. This no. is the dingiest table. It really is.
1: I've ever sat at. I, I work.
2: I I've sat work. in like abandoned mental hospitals. This is where
1: David ghosts table. play beer pong. <laughs> <laughs> this oh. is a beer pong table. It has it to be.
2: Is. It, it is. has to be. It's got to be. <laughs> and, like
0: balls just Nobody can eat at this table. <laughs> bouncing kicking that dust. <laughs>
2: yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, so where where are you going from here? Like where, like do you, do you find yourself kind of having to push yourself to I mean 15 15 shows and 16 days all that traveling that's a lot yeah and I've got we
1: have got a lot of like work stuff to do yeah and I'll you need know, stop where I'm like you know, pulling out the laptop and doing posters and flyers and promoting back home and stuff like that and We've uh, we started the early submissions for Kate Fear Comedy Festival for like the comics that had submitted before, so that's going on. Oh, yeah, that's, right, that's right, And then um, you know, just a lot of different things going on at once. So it's it's balance. It's mm-hmm. it's just difficult to learn the balance, and I still, of course, not mastered it. I think that's kind of like the goal in everyone's life is to try to figure out how to balance stuff professionally that moves them forward and stuff personally
0: that makes them feel good yeah, I think oh, yeah. like- and happy. Do you uh, do you sustain yourself financially with comedy? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, I. The only thing I do besides producing and performing stand-up is uh, I freelance write for okay. the uh, Knoxville News Sentinel. I do their nice. nightlife article and I get paid a little bit to do that. But yeah. other than that, it's just
0: producing comedy and performing. When did you start uh, to become independent you didn't have to work
1: I left well it was just a clean break I worked as a sales manager at Verizon Wireless until 2010 and I uh, quit with no notice (laughs) I just Just nice how did that go it went splendidly because I'd (laughs) called human resources three days before to talk about when my benefits would run out and how and they and they coached me on how to quit my job. Wow. So they they literally said if you quit now, your benefits end in three days. If you quit, on after the end of the day on the first day of the month that you're scheduled, your benefits will continue the rest of the month. So they kind of taught me how to quit.
2: They did what human resources <laughs> is supposed to and, do. And
1: um, I went in and had my resignation letter at the end of my shift. I walked up, laid it on the desk, you know, turned in my work phone and said I'm
2: done. Was this a surprise for anybody, bro? Oh nobody knew. I
1: no. didn't tell anybody. Yeah. I didn't want anybody
0: to have any influence on the decision whatsoever. Yeah. I, I haven't seen you do stand-up, but that's a really funny joke. That's <laughs> funny what, <laughs> what you did to that company. That's really funny but, but I had i had,
1: like I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. For the like the two years prior, I'd been preparing. So I'd mm-hmm. been saving, I'd been maxing out my 401k, okay, okay. I'd been doing everything in my power to get my credit where it needed to be. So mm-hmm. when I left Like I'd already bought a house, so I had a low mortgage on a house and I knew if I needed to, I could wait tables and afford my mortgage or, you know, just, we had lived within our means uh, very well in the, in the two years prior to me quitting. So I had money saved up I you know, which of course you never have enough money saved up to go full time as a comedian. But I was working like with driving 80 hours a week, so I was seeing my wife and when she was asleep pretty much yeah. and um, I hadn't had a child yet I have a child now a two year old I can't even imagine trying to live that life and have a family that I loved and loved me back <laughs> like it would just be miserable <laughs> Yeah. like people fight and chase and chase and if they just took a moment to say you know what's really important is being able to spend time with some cool people mm-hmm. you know that I love mm-hmm. and not just trying to have another utility that I pay for every month like a yeah fucking super duper cable bill or a fucking yeah. a $300 cell phone bill or all this other happy horse shit. Just yeah. break it down to the stuff that really matters. You know, that's why that we even came up with the quit your day job tour or a quit you know that comedy tour was to, to I literally was telling people along the whole time, go to work. And then quit. <laughs> and figure then out where you can. Whatever you enjoy doing, do figure out how to monetize it mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. just enough mm-hmm. to pay your fucking bills.
2: Yeah, I mean, how many? You know, that is that is a big decision. It has there of any, like oh fuck moments. Like I, I might have, I might have made the wrong decision. No, never. Yeah. No, no, yeah.
1: no, not at all. Yeah. Once, if you value your personal time at all, mm-hmm. just being able to like stop drive your car somewhere and hang out for an hour or two hike whatever you want to do then go back and go to the office and go to work and work from midnight till three in the morning or whatever it happens to be to make up for that do it whenever you want yeah you know just you can still just have to be kind of self-disciplined that's the thing that's the hardest is you know I'm not gonna jerk off. I'm gonna get these flyers done. <laughs> you know, just a little, little real shit that you, you have to, that when you're, your your schedule is open wide open, yeah, you have to cut and kind of be like, you're, "I'm the one that's selling me to go ahead and get this done," yeah, and not to fucking watch fucking cat videos or some more shit.
2: Which so hard to do.
1: Yeah, not to not to, to browse, not jerk off to cat videos. Not to respond to this email that tells me that the last six George Carlin specials are now on Netflix Instant, oh. you know like <laughs> get stuff done reward yourself don't smoke weed until you're done with the project then yeah. you reward yourself with.
2: Uh. it just comes with maturity or
1: yeah definitely because yeah. when I was in my 20s I wouldn't have been able to pull all that together I had like this probably in 2005 I had this okay I had my sports car moment in 2005. I didn't buy anything. I just did all the drugs I could. Like, that was... 2005 was, like, fucking cocaine and and all kinds of stuff. And I'd never done coke in my life. And, like, I was just... I just lashing out. Because I had all this money and I was single. And I was like, bleh, let's just do all this. Okay, two girls at the same time? Sure. You know, whatever it was. And then, after that, I was like, yeah, that's... I'd kind of just rather just be fishing. So you'd seen her you something.
2: You were Marlowe's you were <laughs> Gate, you'd seen the mountain Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I saw it and I realized, you know, it's just, it's a lot easier to be happy than people really lead themselves to believe. Yeah. Relax. <laughs> Enjoy the shit that's yeah. actually cool that's around you. You don't have to go yeah, yeah.
2: fucking chasing some shit. When you're in your 20s, like, I, you know, I don't want to. Believe you like in that. Jesus. <laughs> you just crack open that book. <laughs> Look for all the red, <laughs> the red font parts. The red font parts. The red font parts. What are the red font parts? Oh. oh my god. You don't know the red font I parts? don't. I'm both? Catholic. I just had a red thing. The today. red font? Jesus. That's oh, from the, remember, okay, remember That's from the glow in the dark ink, the, ink in, the, in the Bible. yes.
0: That,
1: <laughs> when you put a black light <laughs> out, allows you to see the parts of the Bible that are the stuff you're supposed to oh, buy. they really see. just the most
2: important. really the cliff notes. The,
1: the semen stains. Yes. Yeah.
2: On the, you know when you know when your daddy was reading the Bible and he yeah. like got a real dark tone and he started talking like that was the red hot yeah. part. Uh, that was
1: Jesus talking. I don't remember that because exactly. my dad left before I was born. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> well remember that you first time remember? you did LSD and yes. you had that dream. There's the, that's the red font. That's the red. Font. That's
0: what I'm freaking out like. Ooh, I'm thinking about
3: death. Dang, it. It was
0: I'm thinking about
1: font. death and everybody knows and I can't get my phone to work. <laughs> <laughs> Why is my technology not letting me?
0: Uh, that brings me uh, to yeah, the uh, Matt Ward. <laughs> limp biscuit or corn? You have to choose one.
2: Limp, Matt Ward.
1: Limp <laughs> <biscuit>. <laughs> no, no hesitation. Limp biscuit. Limp biscuit.
2: Explain your goddamn answer. <laughs> yeah, we
1: need to. Um, because uh, it did it all for the nookie. <laughs> mm-hmm. the At nookie? least they knew they were jumping the shark. <laughs> right. At least they knew. He was like, ah, this okay. is totally. This yeah. is, this I'm going to so rhyme bad. nookie with cookie. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> okay, here's the. Lip Biscuit is permanently in the history books because an entire music festival burned to the ground <laughs> during that song. Right. <laughs> and Woodstock. Uh, it it Woodstock '99. Oh, yeah, it burned, it burned, down. Down. burned that motherfucker really? down that is, to the nookie. I
2: read the entire article <laughs> on that fucking because it's fascinating. <laughs> that holy shit, Fat Checker. I wish you had something on front. Yeah. They, they held it on uh, Air Force Base. So it was all fucking concrete. This is so bad. 100 degree heat. And it was just riots. It was basically just like they all like riots or they didn't have enough water. They didn't have enough What toilets. happened in one event
1: was free market economics. <laughs> only example of actually happening in real life. ever. Real yeah. free. No- it was They were charging like $6 for a bottle of water because yep. there were more people that wanted water than water
2: available and eventually <laughs> the system collapsed yeah. it would have fucking It was like guessed? a large scale like something your economics professor did to, like, get you guys to understand how yeah. the market works. It was It was all caused
1: thing. by Freakonomics Radio.
3: Absolutely.
2: So the,
0: the country saw the line between capitalism and rioting. And it was Limp biscuit. <laughs> it was Limp biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the line. We, had, we, had, we, we had got it. ten more minutes at least, Matt Ward. You got a thing? Oh, well, yeah. Do you and hate this? just uh, my contract. Bro, <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> at nice midnight, plan. you turn into a pumpkin. Uh, <laughs> Is that what the... Mogwai. <laughs> <laughs> bright light. Bright light. Mogwai. Um... James. I'll well
2: since you since you have your phone I will do one segment. Yeah, that's the sure?
0: uh, that's the segment where I, I ask uh,
2: Do you think you're
1: cute? Do Not you anymore. think
2: you're no? No. No? No. no?
0: no.
1: What happened? <laughs> uh, I was cute when I was like four. And no. I think that after that I was a d- dorky, douchey
2: kid. Describe your haircut when you were four years old. When I was
1: four... Oh, yeah. Uh, I imagine you were four years old it was full thing. cut. Oh, like <laughs> yeah. You know, what kids cross. get? Yeah, straight bangs. <laughs> I look like... When I was four years old, I looked like Kurt Cobain at four years old. <laughs> like, look. if really? you see pictures of me and Kurt Cobain side by side, you're like, okay, Kurt's got a slight bigger dimple in his chin, but these are the same little white <laughs> child. <laughs> there could be a shotgun in one
2: of those persons. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. All right, man. Well, yeah, Matt Ward, we, thank you so much. I know you, wanted, you have a uh, the, the comedy festival coming up.
1: Uh, the 9th, I'm at uh, Crown Station in Charlotte, North Carolina. The 10th, I'm at uh, Odd Odditorium O D D in Asheville. Mm-hmm. And then the 11th, I'm back in Knoxville at The Well with Alex Cole in the next week. Right now? Right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so Jesus. Tell, tell us
2: about the comedy festival you're setting when it, where uh, can people find out details Cape Fear
1: Comedy Festival is the fifth the year uh-huh. uh, and we start taking submissions uh, on the first January 1st Cape dot com and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Ward Comedy and then I do my blog at wardcomedy.com nice you mentioned a podcast do you want to you want to podcast? Sushi this douche. Podcast? <laughs> That's your title. That's my podcast. Sushi, Sushi douche. douche. Yes. We're Sushi gonna douche. all this
2: out because we can't, you know. Right. We say can't say douche podcast name on our. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you can find me at my Facebook page. Like me on my fan page or the Will Newton on Twitter. Same thing on Instagram. What about yourself?
0: My Gmail account is. Uh, H O T D O O K S at Gmail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can email me there. Send pics. I love pics.
2: Send pics and our... Uh, is the fact checker. Fact checker.
0: Where can the Antichrist be found?
3: You can't find me. I find you. <laughs> there it is. Matt Ward, thank you so much. Matt Ward,
0: thank you. That was touching.
1: It was, I, I like to to yeah. it was very good. I <laughs> defeated <Fade to> Blackface. it was <laughs> very good. Blackface. What are you doing over there? I'm just making my faded black face and my juke voice. Yep. Here we go. Faded oh, black face. We, good. Good. we go, go outside. It's just everything locked. Is everything locked? <laughs> Is everything
2: locked? And they're burning it down to get the insurance money tonight. I, I forgot to I say that. <laughs>